Welcome to the LBCF podcast. Our vision is to learn to live and love like Jesus, where we live, work, and play. To find out more about our community, you can visit us at lbcf.org. We hope you are encouraged and challenged by this teaching from our community. Well, today is Christmas Eve. Um, I know that, um, you know, this is uh, just a special time. Um, in the calendar of uh, the Christian church. And I know, um, you know when I think about Christmas, um, you know, the, there has been this historic longing, right? Before Jesus came into the world, uh, the people of Israel had been longing for the Savior to come. And I love that, you know, the theme of Advent season is the thrill of hope. And if you aren't familiar with the Advent candles, I know I didn't grow up in a Christian tradition where we lit the Advent candles. But we have five candles here. Um, each of them signify a word. Um, the first one is hope. And then there's love, joy, peace. And the Christ candle is the white one. And the Christ candle is the one that, you know, is lit last because it symbolizes the, the presence of Christ. And it's the presence of Christ, I think, that, you know, we, we long for, that we hope for. Um, I was thinking about, um, you know, different things where people um, hope for something. And I don't know if you've been caught up in the World Cup uh, that has happened recently. <laughs> There's a few of you that maybe have watched it. If you're not familiar, um, the World Cup happens every four years. And, you know, it just ended um, last week in Qatar. And, you know, all these nations all around the world, you know, try to compete for this, this uh, prize that only is given um, once every four years. And just to show you the magnitude of the World Cup, if you think about the NFL, um, there's about 380 million viewers that watch the Super Bowl. With the World Cup, I think it was estimated that over 3 billion people watched the final. And so it just shows you that the global like impact, the global like presence of the World Cup. And, and so all these countries are trying to compete. And one of those countries, um, you know, the two countries that made it to the finals was France and Paris. Um, France and Paris, <laughs> France and Argentina. And I was rooting for Argentina only because um, uh, my favorite player plays for Argentina, Messi. And, you know, Messi was this, the, the, is this hero of Argentina. Um, he had been trying to win the World Cup for years, um, and this was going to be his last one. He had won all these um, awards, uh, personal awards. He had won all these championships playing for Barcelona. He had, he had accomplished so much, and this was going to be the last time that he would try to win. And so Argentina as a nation, you know, was all rooting for him. And, and Argentina hadn't won the World Cup in so long. And then last week, and probably one of the most epic, you know, sporting events, you know, that I've ever seen, you know, Argentina beat out France, um, and they were able to win. And if, if you Google Argentina Celebration World Cup, um, you'll find on, on, um, on the Internet all these celebrations. They've been having parades almost every day. Um, the main parade was actually canceled because there was too many people. Uh, the team had to be airlifted by helicopter. Tattoo parlors were saying that they have too many people trying to get a messy tattoo, you know, on, on their body. <laughs> yeah, it's all messy. 
And all these um, murals are just popping up everywhere. I mean, it's just this crazy thing. And, that, you know, sometimes I think I could hear um, Argentinians from my window still celebrating, you know, after last week. But there's this, been long, this, this longing, right, for them to win, and it finally happened. And now uh, people are paying tribute. You know, people are pointing and acknowledging that Argentina is the champion, and they're, they're the champions of, of, of the World Cup. When I think about that longing, I, I think about, um, you know, even greater longing that, that has ever happened um, is what happened, I think, not so much with people as much as it was with angels. When you think about angels in the Bible, you'll find that um, angels are kind of talked about um, pretty sporadically. You know, you'll find angels appearing in Genesis once in a while. You'll find angels appearing, you know, every so often, you know, throughout, you know, the Old Testament. But you'll notice that when angels appear in Scripture the most is during the Advent season, during the Advent story. You look at um, the Gospels and they, you, I mean, there are just angels appearing all the time. And, and, and I love that because, I mean, for one, who doesn't like angels? But um, Matthew and Luke is dense with angelic activity. You find them appearing to Zechariah with Joseph, to Mary, to the shepherds, and, and most likely to the Magi. I mean, in, in these short chapters of the Christmas story, the angels are constantly appearing. And they're telling people that the Messiah is coming. Christ the King is born in Bethlehem. They're telling Mary that you're about to give birth. They're telling Elizabeth and Zechariah that the Messiah is about to come. And all these angels are waiting in, in this anticipation. In fact, 1 Peter chapter 1 says that even the angels long to see these things. That the scriptures tell us that, that the angels were, were longing to see the reality of Christ's coming. And Jesus, even telling his disciples this one time, said, Blessed are your eyes because they see and your ears hear because they can finally now hear. For truly I say to you that many prophets and righteous men desired to see what you see and did not see it, and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. That Jesus himself says that, you know what, the prophets and all these great people in times past were longing to see what you see now. And that's what the angels were doing in the in the, um, the birth story of Jesus, they were trying to point to, they were saying Jesus is coming, and now Jesus is here. But what's interesting is that once Jesus is born, all of a sudden the angels disappear. Do you ever think about that? It's like all this like busy angelic activity, and then once Jesus is born, it's like the angels are gone. No one, the Gospels don't talk about them anymore. And I remember just trying to figure out why was it that there was so much activity, you know, during the birth narrative. And then all of a sudden, <clears throat> it stops. I think part of the reason is that the word angel literally means messenger. And once Jesus was born, Jesus became the light of the world. 
And not only that, I believe that, you know, that we are to be the ones that are now spreading the message of Christ. And one of the practices that we have at this church is, you know, after the message, we will light the, the candles and, and pass it to one another. And I pray that as we do this, we would begin to see then in essence, we have taken the place of angels in this world. That we are the ones now that are spreading the message that Christ is here. That Christ is present with us. And that this is what we are to do. We are to acknowledge that Christ is the King. That Christ is our Savior. That Christ is our Messiah. And so there's something, I think, beautiful about the ministry of angels when Jesus was born. They were there to acknowledge, to make known who Jesus is. They were there to point, right? They were pointing in the direction of Christ. And that's what the celebration was about. And I know that there was a longing, right, for us to... Um, to, to ex experience that, that presence of Christ. And when I think about Jesus coming into the world, one of the things that I've thought through pretty deeply is, um, you know, when Jesus came, it was Christ acknowledging to all the people who had been waiting especially, to all the people who had been broken, to all the people who were starving, to all the people that were hurting, to all the people who were lonely. Jesus came into the world as a message from God and God saying, you matter. You matter. I see you. No matter what you've done in life, no matter what sins you've committed, no matter what shortcomings or disappointments you've had in life, that you matter. And I think that's, you know, one of the important things that Christ does for us is that he comes into the world and says to each of us that you are valuable, that you are important. I want to read to you a, a quote from um, this um, blog that I read recently. And I wish I could tell you the name of the person who wrote it, but um, the person didn't write their name. Um, but I'll just read it to you anyway. Um, it says this, If I were to ask you to name the deepest longing held in the silence If I were to ask you to name the deepest longing held in the silence of your heart, in the core of your being, what would it say? At first you might answer a deep longing ever since childhood that you wanted to be known, understood. You want people to know who you are. You want to be acknowledged. When you leave the planet, you want people to know you've been here, that you made a difference. In teaching classes over the years to many hundreds of people, I pose the question, how many people in the room have enough acknowledgement in their lives and not a single hand has ever gone up? And I know for some reason there was this, something that, that struck me in this because we, we all want to be seen. We all want to be known. We all want to be acknowledged and, and valued. You know, it was uh, December of 2014. Uh, 2014 was probably the most challenging year of my life. Um, you know, our family was going through a time of crisis. I had posted something online that had gotten me in, in some trouble. 
Um, and I was disciplined by my own church. Um, I was told I couldn't speak for six months. Uh, the denomination that we belonged to actually um, removed us. And, um, you know, there was a lot of um, disappointment that I felt all around. And that was in the summertime. And I remember as December was coming up, you know, we usually have this family gathering with my wife's side of the family. And usually it's planned like at least a month beforehand where the gathering would happen, but there was no one talking about it. I mean, it was like, okay, are we going to get together this year or not? And then, you know, about a week before Christmas, someone finally said, okay, we'll have the gathering still. And, you know, and I was honestly pretty nervous about going there because I didn't know, you know, how the family was going to look at me. I didn't know if our family belonged. And so Abby's side of the family, if she, you know, she told her story, she would tell you that she comes from a family of pastors. Her dad is a pastor, her uncles are pastors, her grandfather is a pastor. I mean, it's a very, like, you know, pastory like, family. And so we were all there, you know, all the, the pastors and the family and their families, and, and we came. And I remember, you know, being a little hesitant because um, I wasn't sure if, um, if I should be there. But then Abby's uncle, who was the patriarch of the family, who was the eldest of, of you know, the family, who kind of carried the, you know, the authority in, in that side, you know, he gathered all of us into a room and he began to say a few words. And then he looked over at me and he said, Pastor Danny, will you lead us in prayer? And I was shook. I was like, what? You, you addressed me as pastor and you're asking me to lead everyone in prayer. And I remember being really humbled by that because I, I felt like I was no longer a part. But there was something powerful about my, you know, my pastor. He was actually the pastor who ordained me, Pastor Paul, that I will never forget. He saw me and he said, you belong. I got your back. You are with me. And I don't know if you've ever felt like an outcast. I don't know if you've ever disappointed people so much that you felt like you um, no longer belonged. What I love about what Pastor Paul did was he was the presence of Christ to me. And I think that's what Jesus does for each of us. Some of us may have disappointed our parents, our brother, our sister, our children, and we feel like uh, I'm not being acknowledged for who I am. What Jesus does in Advent, what God does in sending his son to us, is he looks at each of us and he says, you are significant. I acknowledge you. I haven't given up on you. And I share my light with you to be a reflection of me into this world. And so as we transition now into the um, candle lighting, I'm going to pray for us, but I'd like us to think about some things. 
I'd like us to think about the, the importance of words. Is there someone in your life that is longing for your forgiveness? Is there someone in your life that um, would love to hear from you? That you care for them? That you love them? And that maybe you are ready to forgive? Is there someone that you've hurt that you need to, um, to be present with? I, I think this is like the gift of what Advent is. Jesus giving, God giving the gift of Jesus to us. And us in turn being the presence of Christ for other people. I'll never forget that December of 2014 when my pastor, my uncle by marriage, affirmed me and said to me, Pastor Danny, will you lead the family in prayer? That was like, that was like this bomb to my, to my soul. And sometimes, you know, we don't know the power of words, but you probably carry that power to someone else in your life. And so I'm going to lead us in a time of prayer as the worship team comes back up. But I'd like us to pray and just consider, is there someone that God is bringing to our mind that we might be the presence of Christ for? And so God in heaven, we thank you so much. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you for the gift that occurred over 2,000 years ago. The Christ, the Savior, is born. The Christ has come into the world. And that you acknowledge just the image of God in every person. You acknowledge us as your dearly beloved. And so God, as we're about to light um, these candles, I pray that we would see the significance of it, that God, we are receiving as well as giving. We are receiving and giving. May God, you help us be mindful of what that might mean in reality, in relationship with the people around us. So bring people to mind, we pray. In Christ's name.